White Rocket Entertainment, podcast number 745. The White Rocket Babylon 5 Review Podcast is brought to you by people like you, our Patreon.com family. To join the ranks and help us keep the show going, visit www.b5review.com. That's www.b5review.com and click on the button to become a patron. It's the White Rocket Babylon 5 Review Podcast. Reviewing the entire Babylon 5 series, plus Crusade and everything else. Now here are your hosts, Van Allen Plexico and Andy Fix. From the palatial White Rocket Studios, somewhere deep inside the great machine on Epsilon 3... It's the White Rocket Babylon 5 Review Podcast. Andy, how are you tonight? I'm doing fine, Van. How are you doing? We relocated the home office, as you, as you may have noticed there. <laughs> yes. Now that we have... We're, we're, having, we're having some lag issues, so... Uh, we are. For our audience, please forgive us if, if there's, if there's any, any lag issues going on. Yeah, right before we started, everything was fine. Now, all of a sudden, we've got like a five-second delay. That's so weird, but... Uh, well, so yeah. if Andy and I talk over each other, we're not doing it on purpose. It just is happening because we don't know the other person's talking. And that's how it always it used to go. We, we fixed this problem once, Andy. We fixed it once, and now it's back again. It's so frustrating. But, but, <laughs> but that's okay because we are here tonight on a very special episode of the White Rocket Babylon 5 Review Podcast. It is a very <laughs> special episode because we're not doing uh, – different strokes or whatever it used to be this show that would always have a very special episode. We are tonight covering something that it felt like would never, ever get here. And on Tuesday of this week, and, and, and by the way, I had written down on my calendar, it was Monday. So I had a whole big disappointment on Monday when I went to watch it and it wasn't there. And I'm like, what? It was supposed to be today. I've waited months and months. And it was Tuesday. And I'm like, ah, but Babylon 5, The Road Home, the animated movie, came out came out on Tuesday of this week, August 15th, 2023. And Andy and I decided that this episode, we will just talk about Babylon 5, The Road Home. Now, before you get too disappointed because you're dying to hear about Between the Darkness and the Light, I believe is the next regular episode, we're going to go ahead and do that one next week. So we're moving our show up a week. So in just a few days, we'll be covering the next regular season four episode. So don't worry, it'll just be a few days. But we wanted to go ahead and strike while the iron was hot, because this is what Babylon 5 fans are talking about right now. Love it, hate it, anywhere in between, ignore it, whatever. This is the current topic in Babylon 5 world, is the road home, the animated movie. And um, we've got to cover it, right? We've got to talk about it. So... Um, the most important thing, Andy, that we've got to tell the audience before we get into it is, I, here's my plan. We haven't really discussed this, but here is my plan. We're going to briefly discuss the movie in non-spoilery terms, but I don't know how much we can really do that. But we'll do as much as we can for folks that haven't seen it, okay? So they don't just have to turn this episode off and not hear anything. 
And then we will give a massive jump right. gate. We'll, we'll give this sound right here. Jump gate activated. Now that was just a demo. That's not it. We're not going into spoiler space. But when you hear that sound again coming up in a little bit, that means we are about to talk about um, the movie. And by the way, to talk about the movie, we also kind of have to touch on stuff that hap- that hasn't happened yet in the series. So there are going to be some major, massive spoiler possibilities tonight. Be warned, listen, respect and enjoy the piece, respect and enjoy the podcast. All right, any any other warnings or thoughts about that before we get into it, Andy? <laughs> no, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was I was going to mention that too because there was, a, I mean, you can't really, yeah. I, I don't know how long our, our non-spoiler segment's going to be because you really can't talk much about this show without, without touching on the spoilers, so... Uh-huh. Um, there, there's a lot of a lot of stuff that that deals with a lot of yeah it, I mean it crosses all the all the seasons and all that stuff so yeah we definitely need to uh, yes. be careful be tread careful. lightly yes and and by the way since I, I made that uh, made that foundation reference just now um, if you don't know um, if you missed it on Sunday John Ringer and I did. Season two, part one, the first five episodes of Foundation on Apple TV Plus. We reviewed them, and we'll come back and do the last five and, and round out season two in about five weeks. That show comes out late Thursday night, early Friday morning every week. So on Apple TV. So if you enjoy Foundation or you want to learn about it or get into it, that episode will go up Thursday morning, which is August seventeenth. Um, on our main podcast feed, and if and these episodes, the Babylon Five episodes, and, go up on Patreon as soon as I, as soon as we record them. And the reason I'm not on the, the Foundation episode is because I am still on about the first twenty minutes of season one, episode one. So, oh wow, <laughs> I would not have been able to contribute much to that conversation. You know, it's funny. I just went back and started this morning rewatching season one, and I've watched um, two and a half episodes of it all over again. So I'm lapping you. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a great show, though. I, it's a, it's a really good show, and uh, check out our review. To find out more. Meanwhile, we got to talk about Babylon Five: The Road Home. And before we get into the spoiler space, what can we say about it? What what is what is kind of your overall non-spoiler reaction to having seen it and the fact that it exists at all? Oh uh, man, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I thought it was it, it was it felt like going home. I mean, it was fun to watch new a new story set in this universe. Um, it was a little jarring watching it in animation. Um, I, I kind of got used to the animation after a little bit. Um, I, I, I didn't really some of the the character designs. I, I didn't. I couldn't figure out who it was at first. Um, yeah. Like, uh, well, we again. <laughs> I was I was dropped a spoiler right there. But yeah, I mean, the, uh, some of the character designs I didn't I didn't like. I thought the voice acting was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was surprised by that. Garibaldi sounded just like Garibaldi. I think the only one that really didn't sound too much like their character was Jakar, but. The, the the actor did a, a fine job. I thought the 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 sound act or the voice actor for Delenn did a fantastic job. Yes. Um, overall, I thought it was good. It was like I said, it was fun to watch a story in, in this setting again. Um, it it kind of reminded me of the TV movies though, where being disconnected from the over the 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 overarching story. It, 
I, I don't want to sound critical, but it, it, it's hard to tell a story in the B5 setting that's not tied to the, the five-year arc. Yes, that is exactly You know right. what I mean? 100%. Um, it, it, it just, it, it, it just lacks some of the oomph that the, that, that even, even the average episodes of the series carried, uh, because it, it wasn't contributing to that arc, but they did do a good job of, of, you know, tying to that, the overall Babylon five story. They, they did a pretty good job tying to that. So it, 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 it wasn't a disappointment at all. It, it was basically what I expected. It was a fun movie. I, I, I'm hoping they do more, um, because Warner Brothers Animation does a, a superhero movie like every other month, it seems like a DC movie. So um, they definitely have the 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 um, infrastructure to to support more movies. It, I guess it all depends on how well this one does. But I I, I was not disappointed. It it fell right right where I expected it to fall. It, it was it was a fun watch, and uh, I hope they do more. Yeah, no, I think that sums it up pretty well. What I was thinking, it's um. It was about what I expected, and it you're exactly, exactly right that it's just the, the nature of Babylon 5 is so different from most other shows, even today, 30 years later, that it's hard to do a standalone story. Um, I think that, as we'll talk about you know later on in our regular series, one of the reasons that in the beginning succeeded probably better than any of the other movies was that it was nothing but kind of a summary and, and prologue to the actual series, you know? So it, it wasn't trying to tell so much one story as just kind of give you a giant, um, trailer for the series. And that was great. And, and, and this, this was this, I think this worked in sort of the same way. And again, we're not going to get into specifics yet, but I think that, well, I'll put it this way. I cannot imagine a story that JMS could have done this way that would have worked any better. I, I, didn't, right. lo- I didn't love it. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. I'm, I'm very happy with it. And I, and I just can't imagine how you could have done it any better. I mean, he basically, he basically gave us like an all-star episode, right? I mean, it's like greatest hits. He basically gave us a greatest yeah. hits movie, and that's fine. That's good. That was a very smart way to, you know, like the alternative would be to do like the Lost Tales, where you have very, very specific stories involving a few characters, and 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 that works in its own way, but it's small. Where and 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 this yeah. this he wanted to make something that was broad. That featured everybody, that focused on Sheridan and Delenn, and and reached out its arms to kind of embrace all the other characters, pretty much all the other characters, and and right. so and he did that, and so again, I just I you know I mean it had so much in it from other parts of the series that it's hard to imagine how he could have ever done anything that would have worked better like that than this did. Does that make any sense? I right. guess it does. It, it does. It does. And it was, it, it was a nice epilogue to the series, I think. Yeah. Because it touched on a lot of the, the, the themes and the, the character arcs and stuff. But that being said, it was a very, very John Sheridan-centric story. Yes. Um, some of the characters had little more than, than cameos. Um, so th- this, I mean, it, it was very broad. I mean, it... it it touched on on universe spanning themes. I mean, it, it really got it got really 
epic. <laughs> I mean, with the, the themes that it was touching on, but at the same time, it was it was solely focused on on uh, Captain Sheridan. That's right. I agree. So um, let me see if there's anything else non-spoilery we want to talk about real quick. Um, I agree with you about the cast. I thought that all the voice actors were fine. I really enjoyed the choice of characters, and I mean, gosh, they they you there's there's a handful of characters they didn't use that I like, but that they really, for whatever reason, didn't, and we can talk about that. But they used a lot of them right. that I was very happy to see, and you know, some more than others, obviously. And I agree that basically every time a new character we hadn't seen in the animated version came on the screen, it took me a minute to figure out who they were supposed to be. I mean, they're. You know, there were some that were obvious, and obviously if you've seen any of the ads or the trailers or anything, you know that Zathras is in it, and he's kind of hard to, you know, you don't look at you don't look at Zathras and go, could that be Susan? I mean, no, it's obviously Zathras, but, and if you look at Jakar, you're like, okay, it's clearly a Narn, right? But there were some of the human characters that I was kind of like, wait, is that this person or that person? I'm not entirely sure. And then if they had different people doing right. their voices, then you really weren't sure, right? Because you, you, you're like, they don't, right. I'm not sure if they look exactly like the actor and their voice is different. So there were, there were, there were a handful that I was a little bit confused. But otherwise, no, I thought it was great. And I thought that Box Leitner did a really good job kind of carrying the whole story. Uh, what did you think about the animation, the artwork, and, and the design itself? I really thought that the uh, uh, um, the spaceships were fantastic. Yeah, I thought that they were very detailed. I mean, even more so than than the regular series. Uh, I did have a problem with their their the the flight physics of all the the ships <laughs> because in in the TV show, you know, they they flew like real ships would fly, especially the Star Furies. You know how how they change position or yep. uh, change direction and stuff like that, but in the show they were all flying like you know Star Wars X wings. They're doing swooping by and and you know it's like dog fighting like like something out of a Star Wars movie. So I didn't like that too much. Um, but the 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 look of everything was was good. I thought the character designs were were for the most part really good. Um, I, I thought Captain Sheridan looked really weird with the beard. He looked like Will Wheaton. <laughs> I, I was a little confused because when they showed the they showed him next to the actual Captain Sher. Well, okay, we won't get into. Yeah, we won't get not yet. <laughs> not yet. Hold up. Um, and and Londo for some reason looked like a, a retired pro wrestler. I mean, it was really strange. He looked big. He looked really big and husky. Yeah, he weird. looked right. Yeah, he had like double chin. I mean, Peter Jurassic's you know no no Brad Pitt or anything, but he certainly doesn't look like that. No. Yeah, that was odd. I agree. He looked like a physical threat character rather than just like little old guy. Yeah, that was weird. Right, right. But the the, the animation was good. I thought that the character movements looked natural. Um, I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, let's see, anything else? I, yeah, I, again, I just can't imagine, without going into specifics, I can't imagine a story that they could have done that would have been more inclusive and let us see as many people as they did and... All over the place, right. you know? Right, so I, I agree. I they did good. a good job of, of including a lot of characters. Yeah. All right. Any any other... I don't really have much else. Um, I guess I can do the uh, the initial stuff here, because that's not spoilery. So, all right, let me get that out of the way like we normally do. Um, let's see. The original air date was July 22nd, 2023 at San Diego Comic-Con. 
And then the original release date on video, Blu-ray and streaming on Amazon is August 15th, 2023. It was funny too, because I bought the, I'm a, I'm a firm advocate for not worrying about owning a disc. I own a bunch of discs and I never even take them off the shelf. They're just taking up space. I'm, I'm big on, on, on just having the digital. That's all I care about. It's, I've never had a problem with it. It's fine. And so yeah. I know that when I got it and started watching it, there were people telling me, well, dang, I'm still waiting for Amazon to deliver me my disc. I'm like, ah, sucks for you. Play. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know, I'm enjoying it right now. I'm watching it as we speak, you know, so. But anyway, yeah. so yeah, Blu-ray and streaming. I think it was on the uh, 4K as well. Uh, let's see. Written by Joe Mi- Joe, uh, J. Michael Straczynski, of course. Directed by Matt Peters. Not familiar with him. Um, let's nope. see. I've I've got a summary for it. Would you, Would you like to hear it, or do you have one? No, I don't have one. I'd like to hear yours. After becoming president of the Interstellar Alliance, Sheridan is hurled through space, time, and alternate realities. This is a log line, so if you again, if you don't like spoilers and don't even want to hear a one sentence summary, you might wanna you might wanna tune out. Um, revisiting moments from the past and alternate history as he attempts to return home, and that's the name of the show. So obviously, the notable guest stars, the surviving original cast does the voice of their characters, the voices of their characters. New actors play Franklin, Zathras, Sinclair, Jacquard, etc. Oh, Delenn, forgot her. Um, that's just still hard for me to fathom. And then um, And Marcus. Marcus Marcus had a Marcus had a couple lines that were not uh, He did. Were not by the original actor. And it, yeah, that, that was interesting. Me. I and we didn't we determine that he was not in shape to do it or something. He having issues or something. We speculated that JMS said that he wasn't in the story, so that's why he didn't include him. But JMS has a history of covering for actors mm. that have issues. Issues. That's true. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, open the jump gate. Are you ready? I am. I'm holding on tight. If you haven't seen it, this would be the time to punch out, bail out, abort, 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 because we're about to go into massive, massive spoiler space. Jump gate activated. You have been warned. There you go. All right. (laughs) So... Do you have any random factoids and notes to lead us off tonight? I don't have a whole lot. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Andy. Before I before I ask you that, quick, quick, quickly, let me just say, one reason I don't think this is going to be a super long show, there's literally nothing up on the page for the um, Lurker's Guide for this, where I usually get my quotes from JMS and whatever. So there really wasn't anything <laughs> right. except, except my own notes. So there you go. Yeah. The only thing that I've found, and I found this just recently, was uh, somebody asked on Twitter, asked JMS, why it, the movie was so silly, why it had silly moments in it. Um, and, and there were quite a few moments that were like, oh, really? Come on. That's, that's a little silly. Like the, uh, the talking, the, when the two defense guns were talking to each other. Not, not the operators of the defense guns, but the guns themselves. Oh, on, I love that. On, uh, <laughs> that, I thought that was a little bit, a that, little over the top. But and and uh, JMS says 
because if you're doing animation and you can't take that as an opportunity to be just a teensy tiny bit silly, ain't much point in doing it. Amen. Amen. No, I, I, every time something like that came along and there were new, like you said, there were numerous moments. It reminded me of some of the humor of the show, often involving Ivanova or Garibaldi, especially in the first couple of seasons. And I was, it just made me feel like I'm definitely watching a JMS script being played out here because only he would write that. Peter David might think about it, but only JMS would actually write it. So I had no no problem at all with those points. I forgot about the guns talking, though. That is funny. That's all I got. All right. Um, Let's see. Okay, the timing of this movie caused me to have some issues. It's set just after Objects at Rest, I think. Correct? Because... It's when Sheridan is leaving. We actually see we actually see an animated reenactment of the end of Objects at Rest when Sheridan's on the White Star leaving the station and Lockley's saluting him. Right. Yep. So that was the time frame, too. right? The main the main time frame is this is right at the end of twenty two sixty two. Correct. Okay. I mean, I know it jumps around every other place in time, and there are a lot of alternate things right. that are kind of throw you off. But, but yeah, it's uh, so it's set just it's set just at the end of Objects at Rest, just after that. Um, by the way, I had a note that it looks now, like it. Oh, go ahead. I, I did, was Ivanova there as he was leaving at the very beginning because I thought I saw Ivanova there, right, right next to her, right behind. Lockley. Okay, she may have even said something, but I'm not sure. That was the. That was one of that the, the main characters I had a hard time figuring out who they were visually was Susan and Lockley. Ivanova and yes. Lockley, I couldn't tell who was whom, and I never knew if he was talking to Ivanova or Lockley. Those were the two main ones I had an issue with. I had the uh, the captions on, and they identified who was talking, so that that okay. made it easier. Okay, All right. the closed captioning. But I, I like I said, I could swear that Ivanova was on was there saying goodbye to him as he was getting ready to leave. Well, I mean, since this is a standalone thing, and and presumably Claudia, presumably Claudia was being paid to be in it, he could go back and reinsert her into season five. There, that's pretty cool, right? <laughs> and you know what? And we can talk about that in a little bit too, because of the way that the movie ended. Yeah, yeah. She, um, I mean, by this point on the show, she's on a warlock, right? She's gone, right? So maybe she yeah. came back just to see him off or something. I'm not really sure. That could be. I don't know. Well, anyway. Well, that's only one, and I didn't spot that one, but I'm glad you did because I spotted several errors, and I've kind of scattered them out throughout un- unanswered questions and other things. But there were several moments where I okay. immediately paused it and went and wrote down, oh, they messed something up. The main just error I spotted was that the person's playing Dr. Franklin says Pakmara. Yeah, and, I noticed that too. <laughs> and I, I couldn't believe that nobody said go back and redo that. I was shocked that nobody, because JMS is going to hear it and hit the, hit the ceiling. And who could blame him? Right. Yeah, he was a producer on it too. You'd figure that he would he'd yeah. have some control over that. Yeah. Um, all right. So unanswered questions. These are my other things where I'm like, what? Sheridan says that 2258 was the year he took over control of Babylon 5. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Sinclair leaves at the end of 2258 or the beginning of 2259. We don't know the exact day, but we're on into 2259 before right. Sheridan 
arrives on the Agamemnon, right, and takes over. Right. I mean, he may maybe, have received his orders in 2258. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that has to be it. That's the only way you could explain it because it, remember, it was New Year's Eve and Jeff and, and Catherine were still there celebrating and stuff. Right, right. So Sinclair was, Sinclair was still the commander of Babylon 5 at midnight on December 31st, January 1st, 2259. Yep. So that just puzzled me why he said 2258. Wouldn't you think he'd say 2259 even if his order, whatever. Anyway, um, he did not take over Babylon 5. Maybe got his orders. All right. Here's the one that really, 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 really puzzled me. When Sheridan, one of the first places Sheridan goes is Zahadun with the Icarus. Why yep. doesn't he ever mention or look for Anna? That's the first thing my wife asked. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. She says, isn't. Isn't Laura Engelwilder on that ship somewhere? I was like, yes. uh, kind of. Now, the only explanation I could think of is that JMS is a very skilled technical script writer. He's going to, you know, if he needs you to know something, he's going to mention it early. And like, you know, in the first 15 minutes of this movie, every time they'd show something, I'm like, oh, we needed to, we needed to know that. Right? right, I mean, an alarm bell rang every time they'd show something. You'd be like, "Oh, we needed to know that." Yeah. So I kept thinking maybe because it's not going to involve Anna, they're just—he's just not even going to mention her. But the and, right. and that that and makes that makes sense in that if it's not going anywhere, then why mention it? But the problem is, it's such a big thing that if you don't mention it, that becomes a thing. Exactly. And I, I agree with you. I think that the whole story was about uh, John's love for Delenn. Yeah. And I think mentioning Anna would 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 kind of uh, shift the focus a little bit or or muddy the waters a little bit. But like you said, not mentioning it makes it like the, the 800-pound gorilla sitting in the corner of the room. Yes. I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, yes, his wife is supposed to be there. I mean, th this could be his opportunity to save his wife, you know? Exactly. It's just, it was incongruous. It just, again, I, I understand why he would think he didn't need to and probably shouldn't, but it just made it weird. Right. It just made it kind yeah, of weird. Yeah, because his first instinct was, yeah, his first instinct was to make sure that they didn't wake up the shadows, not, mm -hmm. I, I would figure his first instinct would be to save his, his wife's uh, life. But absolutely would be. I don't know. Yes. Absolutely would yeah. be, yeah. No, you're right. I, and I think you've hit upon the reason. I mean... I, I hit on the technical reason, but I think you hit on the story reason, right? The technical reason is he wasn't going to do anything with Anna, so he didn't want to waste the time. But the story reason is he wasn't going to do anything with Anna because it was about John and Delenn, and that would have just muddied the water. I think you're exactly right. So right. he he did it for the right reasons, but not but 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 doing it was weird. Right. Yeah. Um, Agreed. The other thing while we're talking about that scene. I didn't love the shadows being turned into um, the Warhammer 40K uh, insect army. Right. I, I, I have a big note on that. that okay. That, that actually, yeah. That, that looked, it reminded me more like the, the bugs from Starship Troopers than anything. Well, it's the, tyr it's the Tyranids from 40K. That's, that's what I was thinking of. These big exactly. giant bug armies. Yeah. yeah. I right. have that in they, my Legion They didn't trilogy. look to be... They didn't come across as the the ancient, highly advanced uh, Bingo. race that they were. They came across as more as a, a horde of 
bugs. Bug monsters. You know, they, they, they weren't as, in, yeah, they weren't as intimidating. No. Because, yeah, they, they look like, they look like bugs in the, in the TV show, but that wasn't their thing. You know, right. they weren't like the xenomorphs from Alien or something no. like that. I mean, there was a couple of scenes that, that could have been direct out of Aliens. They, yes. I mean, they, they were intelligent. They used minions for all of their, mm-hmm. the, the physical, for almost all of the, the only time they actually got physical was with, with Kosh. Yes. That, that's when they were fighting an equal. An equal, that's right. And it still took two or three of them to take him down. I, yeah, right. I them having little personal blue shields and like fighting as a horde, yeah. that just was very out of character. Right. They are behind the scenes plotters and planners and schemers. They are not muscle. Right. So that right. was weird. I mean they, they even had yeah, they even had humans piloting their ships. There's not a whole lot of these these right. shadows left. I mean they're they're like much like the, the Vorlons, they're you know, there's only you know, a, a relatively small handful of, of them even alive. So to have just thousands of <laughs> these creatures pouring out of the the thing and or, or when they're attacking Babylon five, you know, they wouldn't board Babylon five like that and, and go room to room and, and yeah, try to kill that? people. I mean you it know was, it was weird. I, I think that yeah, and then there's even fewer after Sheridan crashed his white star full of nukes into it. But uh I, I um right. I I think again the answer to these questions keeps coming back to he's trying to fit all this into an hour and 20 minute movie and not have to explain more than he has to. So he didn't want to bring right. in the drock, I think, or whatever, you know, he just, let's just right, use the exactly. shadows for Which everything. Is who I was expecting to see. Yes, yeah. exactly. So it's just one of those things where we have to take it with a grain of salt and go, okay, he, he just couldn't muddy the script by bringing in, somebody else he just stuck with what we had right so that's that's why you have no i Anna thought it was interesting and and it's why you have right hordes, hordes of shadows yeah right i thought it was interesting that they even at the very beginning with the the newscaster uh kind of did a rundown of you know this is john yes. sheridan remember he was the hero that won the shadow war and i'm thinking <laughs> the vast majority of the people on earth didn't even know the shadow war happened exactly <laughs> logic that's like like what he won? What you mean the Civil War with with General Cl- or with with uh, President Clark? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> Where he and his Minbari collaborators came in and right. tried to take over the planet. <laughs> hey, and did was it just me or did the uh, did the ISN anchor sound like that lady from the show? I think it sounded like the same lady. I think it was. I think I looked that up on on uh, IMDb, and I think it was her. There were there were two main ISN anchor women. One was the older white lady, and the other was the black lady. And this sounded like the black lady. It was not the black lady because I saw her picture, and it looked it, it was oh. the uh, okay. See. So they got the other one. They rescued her up. from when Clark assaulted the headquarters, I guess. And we never knew that. Right. Interesting. All right. Right. Well, the whole thing was an ISN documentary anyway. So. Um, right. let's see if I got any, oh, 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 there's one more 800 pound Minbari gorilla in the room. What? No, it, it was a black lady. You're right. It was her. It, it sounded like her. I thought, okay. Yep. All right. Good. Yep, um, oh, speaking of president Clark, I have a sound effect on the soundboard that makes me think of president Clark. Well, I'm not a crook. <laughs> 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 so president Clark, um, 
here's the 800 pound Mimbari gorilla in the room. This is probably the most egregious of all the un, and I'm I'm being charitable and causing calling these unanswered questions rather than like errors or <laughs> mistakes or whatever. Right. Lanier was there. What? Yes. Yeah. What in the crap was Lanier doing on the station with the Lynn after objects at rest? Right. I mean, yeah, and she they she even called she even calls him Lanier, I believe, at one point. Oh, and I know him. his captions kept calling him Lanier. So. That was him, yeah. But I'm just like, I mean, is I'm gonna have to watch it again and figure that out. Is it? Does it like somehow take place in a five minute section segment between scenes in in objects at rest? Because I thought right. that I thought that by the time they get on the White Star and go to the go to Minbar and Tuzanor. Lanier is already an outcast, shamed uh, dude, right? Attempted right. murderer. Spoilers. Spoilers. Uh, we're in the spoiler space. We can talk about whatever we want. This is true. This is true. So am I wrong or right? I mean, I thought that by the end of Objects no, at Rest... No, you are. No, you are. Yeah. It's done. You he's are a, right. He's done. It, right. He's... Yeah. He forgot his toothbrush, so he had to run back and get it real quick. <laughs> and they were like, oh, hey, Lanier, that's all good. Come on back. Yeah, that's fine. Right. <laughs> I, again, I, I mean, the other, the other points, the other, quote, unanswered questions, unquote, being generous, I think can be explained just by the necessity of making an 80-minute feature. I have a hard time right. understanding how Lanier is in this. Now, again, alternate timeline, flashback Lanier, that's fine. But this was like main timeline Lanier. What the crap? Yeah. I I want to say that JMS was just like, screw it. You know, Bill Mummy <laughs> is one of the last, you know, remaining cast members I have to, to do this with. And I'm just going to give him, you know, I'm going to give him a role. But, uh, and, and I, I, I also think he's doing this a lot for the fans who watched it back in the 90s, but don't necessarily haven't necessarily rewatched it in the past 10, 15 years and may not remember specifics like that. Or it could be that Jamis just doesn't care. <laughs> well, he's going to find out that people do, the fans do. I, I just... Um, what? Why don't you tweet him and ask yeah, him? Yeah, that's, that's what I need to do. <laughs> he loves it when I tweet him. Yeah, he always responds well to that. Um, I... I just think um, you could have used him in flashbacks or alternate reality things rather than just define Agreed. continuity. That just seemed weird, but anyway. Right. I'm, I'm with you. That's that's a very good point. They could have had, um, not Natoth, but oh, they could have had Kodath come climbing in an airlock and say, Ooh, it was cold out there, right. but I finally found my way back in. <laughs> Why not? Why not just do that, JMS? Come on. Come on. Her just showed her body bouncing around outside. Come on. Come on. Come on, man. Um, oh, all right. you know, yeah. I, I got, I do have one thing. Yes. Um, yeah, JMS, somebody asked JMS why there was no mention of any, because it was bounce around timelines, why there was no mention of any of the characters from um, Crusade. Oh. And JMS said, I could not. For legal reasons, include oh. anything from Crusade. You got it. And I be, thought that was interesting. Gotta be kidding me. I just assumed it was just he wasn't gonna go there. It just wasn't 
something he wanted to spend his precious right. 80 minutes. And, and I'm not being facetious. I mean, seriously, you've got 80 minutes to tell an entire story. Every minute, every second right. is precious. I get that. I totally do get that. I, I really do. Yep. So you're going to tell me you're going to show, you know, Zathras and Sinclair. That's great. But you tell me you're going to try to squeeze some Crusade stuff in. I'm like, mm, yeah, you just don't have time for that. You you want to get all the... Right. You want to get Garibaldi. You want to get Lanier and Marcus. You want to get Londo. You want to get all those people. Lockley, you know, you're not going to try to fit... Because nobody's even going to know who that is, right? I mean, you're going to have to explain it again. and then the, Exactly. This right. I felt like... As much as there has to be a lot of explaining in this to set it all up, it, he really kind of minimized it, I thought. He did. And they summed it up very nicely at the very beginning with that the uh, uh, ISN news feed. I thought that was yeah. A, a, yeah. a very succinct, elegant way of introducing everything. Yeah, he minimized, minimized, minimized the backstory as much as he could and left things out, which gets to what we were just touching on there. So. Um, right. The only JMS speaks I have is just things he's publicly said, and you just hit one of them. Um, he revealed the logo, which was kind of neat. Then he revealed the picture of the station, then a picture with Zathras and Sheridan and so forth. So he kind of trickled things out slowly over time in the build-up to this. But um, um, Oh, and the other thing he has said, JMS said that he would be up for doing as many as two of these a year if they got the green light from Warner. He said they couldn't really do more than two and maintain the quality. Right. That's, but I mean, that's legit. But, I mean, I feel like if they did more of these, like, he really kind of blew it out with this one, you know? I mean, that's what, I, that's what we've been kind of been saying is that this movie was like greatest hits. I walked down memory lane of everything. So right. I, I feel like any of them, any more like this that they did would become like the River of Souls type thing. Or third space, I guess. Well, now I, I would counter that with. Do you remember the very end of the movie? No. Okay. When they 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 ended up the the last bit showed the uh, the alternate timeline when uh, Captain Sheridan had taken over Babylon Five. There was no Shadow War or anything like that. I mean, it was like a completely alternate timeline, and. Um, Ivanova, her last line was, "This is this is the new Babylon Five, and we are open for business." And it sounded like a setup for um, a new series, like a spinoff series, a spinoff of this movie. Oh, and I I, I found that very interesting because that would be an entirely different Babylon Five, same characters, same setup, but it would be. It was a good setup for for a, a taking the story of Babylon Five from basically the end of season one and going an entirely different direction with it. Because if if you watch that last bit again, Jakar and Londo are back to arguing, you know, about the the Narn versus the Centauri, because Londo had never gotten the power of the shadows to dominate um, the Narns again. Um, it, it even showed. Commander uh, Sinclair there getting ready to leave for a, apparently Minbar, and Delenn was still in her her Minbari form. She you know she still had the 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 bald head and the bone the head bone and all that stuff, and it it just looked like that they were setting it up for and no there was no Shadow War yet because that you know they um, that Sheridan had never heard of Zahudum or the Shadows or anything like that. All so right. it, it was very interesting that they ended. Uh, specifically 
I mean, it was the very end. It would, they ended specifically with that shot, with that setup, if they're not going to do anything with it. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch the end because I, I, none of that registered with me. So, so basically, there was the, I was thinking about the ending where, where Sheridan with the goatee goes back to Delenn on, on, at, at Tuzanor. But you're talking about like yep. the little epilogue thing with the alternate universe? Yes. Babylon 5 station? Yes. Yes. And, that, and was was... The, that was the alternate universe Babylon 5 station where there had been no Shadow War. Because remember, they, they even talked about that. He's like, who are the shadows? Why you was know, there I'm, no I've been, Shadow I've been War the, the Because nobody went to Zahadoom and woke him up. Oh, because IPX this went out of business. This was timeline. Right. Yeah, they exactly. Said, they went out they, of business. They said IPX went out of business 10 or 11 years ago. Yeah, so they never sent an expedition to Zahadoom. So there was no... Nobody woke up the shadows. So there was no Shadow oh. War. Sheridan had been captain. Sheridan had been captain of, of Babylon Five for two and a half years by that point. So that would have put it somewhere in almost season four. And yet, Delenn so no was Shadow still. Delenn, Delenn was still Minbari. She had not gone through the chrysalis because she didn't have to. Right, because she didn't have to. So that that leads me to wonder: Did uh, Sinclair ever go back in time and become Valen? And if he didn't, mm. how did the What's my call? It's all War, together. And, and what happened to Babylon Four Babylon and all that 4. stuff? Oh yeah. man, that really opens up a whole huge can of worms. Yeah, I have to go back and rewatch that part. Yeah, I, so. I just wasn't. I was like focusing yeah, on was, the main timeline, and it just kind of slipped right past me that there were all these differences. Well, the main thing I remember thinking was, I remember thinking, well, Delenn knows about the shadows, so when Sheridan mentions them or whatever. She's not going to say anything, remember. She's going to keep her mouth shut about him, but right. she's going to be like, uh-oh, I need to go talk to Kosh. Oh, again, 80, 80 precious minutes, but it would have been neat to have Kosh show up. Yeah, I agree. I was a little disappointed. I mean, we got Darth Kashi in there for, for just a, a brief second or two, but yeah, it would have been cool to have Kosh just to hear him say something again. Yeah, that was... I Okay, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch it again then, because the whole... Again, I was just discounting the alternate universes as alternate universes, and so what. And when Delenn had the when 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 they showed her kind of in silhouette or profile or whatever, and we didn't see her head, I'm like, okay, so she still got the. But it didn't register to me that that it was like years later. I was just thinking, okay, so here we are, you know, the somewhere early in 2259 or something. It didn't register with me that this was years later. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, okay. he. He said it's been two and a half years, so it would have been twenty two sixty something. And like I said, the very last line was was Ivanova looking, you know, turning on the the computer and CNC and looking out the window and saying, "This is the new Babylon Five, and we are open for business." So I mean, it was just like, which is how the pilot, the the, you know, the gathering, ended with uh, what's exactly. her name saying that. Right, exactly. It, it was like the, an opening, like like the last five minutes or the last not even five minutes, the last couple minutes were. Uh, just a, a, a brief backdoor pilot for continuing that story. The alternate Babylon 5 story. That would yeah. be interesting. Which sounded that more would be like... very, very the, interesting if he went down that road. It sounded more like what we've heard about the reboot series. Right. Where it's Sheridan from start to finish. Isn't that interesting? Different, different situation, different timeline. So maybe he briefly, Sheridan briefly bopped yep. over into the reboot TV show timeline. <laughs> I don't know. Oh well, that could be interesting stuff. That'd and I'm glad that you, I'm glad you broached that topic. Oh, that's weird. Um, every now and then, my um, 
15-year-old daughter just, like, screams bloody murder and yells at stuff. At, and, and I don't know, like, I usually I used to think that, like, we were <laughs> having a home invasion or something. And now I just say, uh, okay, it's just, it's just her yelling and screaming at TV or something. So. And I can hear it through, like, two layers of floor. So, whatever. Um, all right. Well, let's get into That's the categories funny. here. And then we'll see if we want to touch on anything else. So, what was well, your hot – oh, go ahead. Hold on one second. I, I got a cu- – I got a couple of answer questions of my own. Oh, good. Let's so when when Sheridan showed up on Babylon, yeah, when Sheridan showed up on Babylon Five, you know, when they were being attacked by the shadows, and he ran into old Garibaldi, you know, alternate universe Garibaldi, alternate universe Garibaldi didn't even recognize him. Didn't they meet on Mars at one point in time before, like during the during the Mars? I thought he said I don't know like you. When he remember when he woke up? Maybe not. In, 20, in, in season two, when Garibaldi woke up on the table and he looked at Sheridan and goes, I don't know you. I mean, he, yeah. he, he yeah, was with yeah, Sinclair you, you on right. Mars. Maybe I'm thinking of... No, but, it, was, it, was, it was Sinclair that he knows. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I got I was, those two confused. I was All thinking... Right, my, my only other... Go ahead. I was just thinking, though, that, that... Was that a different Garibaldi than the one where Sheridan had been in charge of the station for two and a half years? Because <laughs> that's confusing, too. That's it. Yeah, that is confusing. Oh, um, my other question was during the the space scene from that same alternate reality when the shadows were attacking, they yes. had a great scene where the uh, the Star Furies were out there dogfighting with the shadows. Don't you think that would have been an awesome point to put Keffer? I mean, come on. <laughs> well, we we did see some generic. That would have been such a pilot. That would have been the right. But wasn't I mean, that, come wasn't on, that Keffer. Him? They wasn't just give, kinda... give, toss us a bone, toss us a bone or something. Well, he's still out there. That actor, Robert Russler, he pops up here and there. Um, right. But I just assumed that guy was like a stand-in for, for Keffer. So. Right. Okay. Any other unanswered That's questions? That's all I got. All right. All right, let's look at the categories. So what was your high point of the movie? This is a hard one. My high point was the, yeah, I, I really, really loved the the highly detailed ships. I mean, the the station looked fantastic. The Star Furies looked fantastic. The White Star looked really good, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really dug the White Star. Yes. How, the, how they detailed that one out. And they showed the shuttle going into the, the, the docking bay in the back and everything like that. I thought that was super cool. But that, that shadow ship, when they showed the detail on that, I thought that was just spectacular. Because in the TV show, it was that cool shape with the interesting texturing on it. Mm-hmm. But this showed all the minute detail. I mean, it, it it gave it more than just texture. It gave it just dimension. It was really, really sharp. So I thought that was really cool. It was really neat to be able to see, you know, these ships rendered with with modern technology. That was that was a real high point for me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, there were several. I I put down when our when our Sheridan met younger Sheridan. That was pretty cool. But I had a question. I'm surprised that alternate universe smiling Johnny Sheridan didn't suspect that this was evil mirror universe goatee Sheridan. <laughs> he had the he had the spot goatee. Come on, <laughs> clearly he's from like he's he's from the Earth Empire would, Alliance. Come on, that would be like right. if Clark that would have been the, a perfect nod to Star if, Trek. If Clark and the Psycor had won, that would have been where evil goatee Sheridan came from. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of high points. There really were. Um, what was your low point? You know what? For me, I went with the the things that really bugged me that we've already gone over, like the the shadow yeah. hordes. Yeah. 
and stuff like that. That to me, it, it kind of threw me a little bit out of the story. Um, as far as an emotional low point, um, I don't. I, oh golly, I, I think everybody dying on on the Babylon Five station when it blew up there at, at, in that one alternate reality was was kind of tough to watch. I mean, it was it was tough to watch it, you know, in the 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 last episode of the series. But this this was kind of tough because everybody that we knew and loved was on board when it blew up like that. And we saw that exact Ivanova scene in War Without End. Yes, I thought that was a really, really cool nod to that episode. It was a really neat way to tie in to that continuity. I thought that was real. Because we even mentioned when we were watching that, you know, why why is Ivanova wearing the old Earth Force uniform? Hmm. Because, oh, yeah. But at that point, they were wearing, you know, the, the new uniform. So so we, we brought that up. But, yeah, that I thought that was... Uh, I thought that was a really cool little nod to to that episode because it was the it was the exact the exact scene. Yeah, everything about it was exactly the same. The the, the wreckage and the blood and everything yep. about the way she did it. Uh, and and I liked it though that even though yep. we didn't even though we were not thrilled with the idea of the shadows being foot soldiers for themselves, it did fit that we finally found out what she meant by their their coming through, their breaking through or whatever. Um, right. Because they really were like like the beginning of Star Wars, and I also thought it was interesting that we always thought it was Garibaldi that blew up the reactor. And now we found out it was alternate universe Sheridan that blew up the reactor. Right. <laughs> right. So that was kind of cool. Uh, that whole scene was annoying, though. <laughs> that whole scene annoyed the whole the whole plot the whole plot device of you got to switch the the three switches in a row and yeah, I didn't like that. Oh yeah, that was weird. Um. My, I think my low point is probably that Sheridan doesn't look or ask or even say anything about Anna. And then yeah. there were a few times, again, it, the running time of this thing was like 80 minutes. It was really short, relatively speaking. And yet there were a few times about two-thirds the way in that I was kind of like, okay, it's starting to lose me. It's getting a little, you know. That's the spot I've always found, right? The, the spot that movies especially can start to lose you a little bit is about 60, 65% of the way in, right? The beginning's yeah. going to grab you. The ending is the ending is cool. But it's a little way past the halfway mark when you start going, all right, let's wrap this up, you know, or, oh, let's have something else new and interesting. It's when, when movies kind of just keep circulating around with what you've already got. I'm kind of like, right. all right, how many? I just kept there. There, there was, there were points where I'm like, oh, cool, oh, cool, oh, yeah, I love that character. That's cool. But there got to be points where I'm kind of like, okay, where's he going to go now? You know, who's left? Yeah, let's just, yeah, let's exactly. just move this along, okay? I mean, next we're going right. to run into the two janitors, you know, and we're going to have a funny, <laughs> fun. And I'm sure it would have been hilarious, a great scene. But I'm just like, come on, let's yeah. let's move this along. So there was there were just a couple of minutes there toward like the 65 percent mark where i was yeah. getting a little bit antsy but then it kind of ramped up again all right what was your most babylon 5 right. scene most babylon 5 scene for me was when uh sheridan was talking with quote unquote jakar talking with the universe there at the at, at the outer beyond the rim i thought that was really cool because that oh, was yeah. very that was very epic scale um, discussion of the universe and, and all that stuff. Everything, all the metaphysical stuff that Babylon 5 liked to touch on. I'm going to have to go back and watch it again soon because all that was lost on me. I just, I remember him talking to Jakar and I'm like, what? And then I was kind of falling asleep or something and I'm just, yeah. I, <laughs> a lot of that part <laughs> See, didn't See, that wasn't even Jakar. That wasn't Jakar. That, that was the universe. 
Yeah. And the universe was explaining the whole thing to him. I, that was a, a pivotal point in the, the movie, man. you got to go back and watch that. I, I think at that point, I'm just like, come on, let's just move it along. Let's just get, some, get back to the story. That's the point That's the point that snapped my attention back to the movie. I was like, oh, oh, wait a minute. This is this is kind of cool. This yeah, is neat. Again, this, right. is, this is explaining a lot now, so I can forgive a lot. Well, I had to watch that again. My most Babylon 5 scene was the Vorlons using the Vorlon planet killer to push the moon into the Earth just because they wanted to be extra salty. Right. Yeah, that was kind of fun. <laughs> I, I'm like, wait, there. it's too much trouble to fire your gun at Earth, so we're just going to push the moon into it. I'm like, I'm like, on the one hand, that makes no sense at all. But on the other hand, heck yeah, man, this is awesome. Let's do it. Yeah, that was very I was, dramatic. I love that. Yeah, and, and then... You know, and, you know what my, my, my least Babylon 5 moment was? I know this isn't an actual category, but I have please, a least Babylon 5 moment. Let's hear it. When, when future Franklin turned into Geordi from Star Trek and started explaining quantum physics... Which has nothing to do with his his yeah. area of scientific expertise, and came up with all these these interesting things, which were great, you know, for the the character of Sheridan to know. But yeah. how would Doctor Franklin know that? I mean, come on, he couldn't even save the Markab. <laughs> oh wow, that's a low <laughs> blow, man. Oh man, you couldn't even save the Markab. Get out of my face, Stephen. Good lord. We're going to get such on, hate mail. Man. We're going to... Here's Steven. Come on. Come on, man. Oh. We're going to get, uh, get... You know, everybody, so everybody out there knows that Steven is my favorite character, so... We're going to get so much hate mail for this, for this episode. I don't even want to see it. <laughs> They're going to be like, Andy's cracking on Franklin, and Van didn't even understand it or watch it or and fell asleep through it. That's exactly what they're going to say. <laughs> I'm like, I really enjoyed it. There were just a couple of points I kind of drifted away because it got kind of slow. And I, you know, it's like, I gotta be honest. I'll watch it again and see if I can stay awake. Um, what was your favorite? Oh, I, this is gonna be easy. Favorite character moment. Oh, by the way, though, well, hold on. The, uh, you know, the Vorlons using the planet killer right. to push the moon into Earth. Was that Susan with, with Londo watching it happen like it's a movie or something? That was, yes. That was All Susan right. and Londo. Sure. Right. I, I see. I see why why um, Londo was there. I mean, that was a little bit contrived to get him to Earth. Yes, but at least Londo explained why he was sitting there on Earth to watch it. Why was Susan there? That that I couldn't figure out. Yeah, who knows? I, I had no clue what was going on there. But uh, it was a, it was a fun scene. It was interesting. It was it was, was uh, kind of cool to watch the Earth crash and or watch the Moon crash in Earth. But it was just that that, that seemed a little contrived. Well. With a nod yeah, to Garib- with a nod to Garibaldi, Susan and Londo are probably the most consistently funny characters. So it was nice to see the two of them together because the two of them are never together on the show. Hardly it seems like. Right, right, and that was that was really the only scene that we got to see Londo. I mean, say yes. anything of, of any significance. Yes, which was a little disappointing. I expected to see more with, with his son David, or at least something with his oh, son David. Another. Yeah, again, more stuff that has to be explained, though, and they just didn't want to go there, I guess. Right. Yeah, yeah. What was your funniest moment? Funniest moment was when, uh, there was a couple of them. The the first one was when uh, um, Sheridan was complaining about his socks, and then they cut to the scene where he's waiting to leave, and, and uh, 
she looks down and notices he doesn't have his socks on. He goes, well, you shouldn't have challenged me. <laughs> I, I laughed out loud at that because that's a conversation my wife and I have often. Um, the other one was when uh, when uh, um, Zathras was talking to Lockley and Sheridan, and, and he said, uh, uh, you are lost in time. And Sheridan went to say, and lost in space, but he was cut off. And he said, no, no, even now we cannot say that. <laughs> yeah, there is many issues. That was a good line. I no, like that one. no, do not say even now, are many issues with copyright. <laughs> um, that, was, that was very unexpected because it was very meta, very fourth wall breaking, but it was it was laugh out loud funny. So good. That was my number one funniest moment, but I had a, I had, a I had another one. One is Zath- yeah. Zathras rocks. He's my one of my favorite characters. Zathras talks about what a huge, yeah. complicated job it's going to be. And Lockley asks him how long it will take, and he says 10 minutes. This is why we call it Great Machine and not So-So Machine. (laughs) I love it. And then the other one, because there's so many. The scene when all the... Oh, do it. Go ahead. Yeah. It's our lag. The scene scene when all the the Zathrai were greeting uh, the one, and they said, many greetings to the one. Some greetings to not the one. <laughs> <laughs> that was so great. Zathras just was killing. He was, and there's like a million of them now. So Lord help yeah. us. I'm all different ways of saying right. Zathras. And you know, Zathras. <laughs> and his 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 character design was really awkward because he was hunched over. You know how he walked kind of hunched over. And in oh, the TV yeah. series, he's shorter than everybody because he's hunched over. Here he was of the same size with everybody, but he was still hunched over. So if he had stood up straight, he would have been like ten feet tall. <laughs> I mean, there was a couple of scenes where it was just awkward, where his head was just giant compared to the other people. Yeah, I I, I think the the animators did I mention it? Yeah, Korea. So maybe they weren't that familiar. Who knows with it? I don't know. But uh, that's a good right, point. Right. Uh, though the other funny moment was, of course, Londo and Jakar had to get in a funny moment, and was it? Was it Jakar that said Dr. F- to Dr. Franklin, I have this growth I want removed. He's standing right there or something like that. That, that was Londo who said that to Franklin. That was hilarious. Yeah, that was really good. That was really good. All right. Who won the movie? Uh, I have Sheridan winning because he yeah. found his way home to his I, true love. I have all of the fans winning because we got a new Babylon 5 story. That's a good one. I, that, man, you, you, yeah, you win that one. Well, we're both right. They're both true. Well... <laughs> who lost this episode? I want to say the alternate Babylon 5 where the shadows kicked their butts. Yeah. Well, I had they all er- died. Earth in the timeline where the Vorlons crashed the freaking moon into it. Right. <laughs> that's, I, that's a very good point. I forgot about the 5 billion people or 8 billion people on Earth that oh, got yeah. mooned by got the Vorlons. <laughs> M-O-O-N. That spells Armageddon. <sighs> all right. Here we go. This is this is going to be very very interesting. And let me and before I give my rating, let me once again say we're going to get so much hate mail. But let's do it. What what is your rating? What is your rating for this? I, I rated this. I, I I'll come right out and say it. I gave it three stars because while it, it wasn't necessarily a great episode of Babylon Five, and where there there was some. You know, the animation was kind of rough at times, and, and the the continuity was a little off at times. 
Um, it was just so much fun to see all these characters again that that bumped my rating up half a star. So I gave it a, a, a three. Andy, you bailed me out yet again. I was figuring you're going to give it a higher rating, and I was going to be the low man, and then they were, the, all the hate mail is going to be just for me. But I actually gave it a three point <laughs> five, and I feel bad. I mean, I feel guilty and bad about giving it just a three point five, but I feel like that's what it deserved. I, it's just going to be hard to give something like this more than three and three, three and a half. It just is because to get up into the four. Right. Up to get up to four, four and a half, five, you have to actively contribute to the Shadow War or the Clark, the Earth War, in a meaningful way, and not just like a revisiting kind of a way like this was, which is was well done. And so, three point five is about the highest I can give something that's not an integral part of the arc. Right. I, I, I agreed one hundred percent. That that's why I gave it as low as I did, because this could have happened between two episodes of the regular series and. And you wouldn't have had to change anything because the yeah. the beginning and the end, everything was the same. You know, it didn't. It, it effectively didn't happen. Yeah. So all of his jumping around and stuff like that happening in an, happened in alternate timelines and alternate universes. So the Len rescued him not just a few seconds after. You know, the very beginning when the when the the Tachyon sent him on his trip. You know, the Len was right there afterwards and. You know, so so it really effect affected nothing. You know, yeah. there wasn't any real story arc. There wasn't any real you know character development. It was a it was a fun ride. It was fun to watch. But it as far as as like you said, contributing to Babylon Five lore, it didn't really add much to it. No, I agree. Well, there is one JMS speaks that I have to kind of agree with where he that I left out where he said this is a love letter to Babylon Five fans, and I think. Aside from a couple of birds flipped at us yeah. uh, in terms of Anna and stuff, this was definitely a greatest <laughs> hits, walk down memory lane, le- love letter for sure. Yeah, and then that, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It, and it 3. was 5 fa- is good. Right. It was fantastic. All right. We're going to... Yeah, yeah gonna, 3, 3.5 I think is, is great because... That, that, and I have to reiterate this. A 3 or a 3.5 is still a solid Babylon 5 episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, so let me point out: we've already we are we've been in spoiler space almost the entire episode. Um, we have a few messages from the patrons. We don't want to wait until next week. We're going to go ahead and cover here real quick, and I'm going to thank the patrons. Our next installment, which will be in only a week from now, will be 419 between the darkness and the light. We last saw Sheridan being interrogated by the interrogator and eating a crap sandwich, and um, that's pretty much the entire episode. So the patrons had some comments about that and about our comments about that. Let me first thank them. I, I'm looking forward to yeah. Here are the fine folks that went to www.b5review.com, www.b5review.com, or just you know went and signed into Patreon and, and looked for White Rocket Reviews, White Rocket Babylon 5. And uh, they're the folks that keep the, keep the lights on in the station here. And if we would dearly appreciate if you would join them. And you get access to things early. You get every episode several days early. And you got the uh, the foundation review early, uh, among other things. We have to thank Christopher Anastasia, Allison Rich, Colonel Dad, a.k.a. Ari Benzane. I'm missing my category, mister. Emma Jane Alexander, Leah G, Rich Hammett, Ben, I'm all caught up. So now I have to wait for new episodes. Rose, Debbie, no spoilers, Norris, Dragon Con Delin, and by the way, Dragon Con Delin, Dragon Con is only about two weeks away now. It's blowing my mind. 
and I will be at table four. 36 i think in the artist pop art uh, comic and pop artist alley so if you are at dragon con come up to comic and pop artist alley on the fourth floor of merchandise mart 2 and i'll be there and mira will be there and jared the yard sale artist will be there and we will uh be happy to see you and talk babylon 5 and maybe i can get you to check out one of my books uh emmanuel seaman jalja mondo six michael o'connor middle-aged geek tim Pete, the real reason Van avoids saying Dragon Con Furman, didn't avoid this time. Steve Palmer, Stu Parker, the Geek Boy, Una Vez and Una Luna Azul, Heather and Yancey Steingraber, Ice Cream Clone with the Boba Fett head, Michael Halbrook, this Barbie is the right hand of vengeance. <laughs> That's good. And Emmett Sharp. All right. Thank you all so much. Here are some of the fine comments and questions that they left us. Let me scroll back down. Um, so it, we start with intersections in real time. Uh, this Barbie is the right hand of vengeance said, how'd he lose this episode? He sure lost his lunch. Well, that's fair. He did. Um, <laughs> said, have you considered that each season has an interrogation episode? That's true. One has the sky full of stars. Two has comes the inquisitor. Three has shadow dancing. Four was this episode. And five, the very much a spoiler space, but I think you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't remember the right. season five interrogation episode, but I guess I'll find out. I don't remember offhand. Um, JMS loves his parallels, the different types of interrogation, and each of the ones being interrogated in very different ways really showcases how much B5 dives into the mind. That's, that's true. That's good. I don't remember that's a fifth true, season yeah. interrogation episode. What am I forgetting? Do you? I'm I'm trying to think as well, but man, I I only watched season five once, and that was when it yeah. aired. We'll get there. So. Don't worry about it. We'll get okay. there soon enough. Yeah. Ice Cream Clone says this is Ice Cream Clone, so with a Boba Fett head. I myself was right. beaten down by the circular repeti repetition of interrogators, but I felt JMS elevated Sharon above the general population by giving him his motivation to continue fighting. Hashtag Team Andy. All right, there you go. You got, ice cream, you got ice cream clone on your side. As for the, I dig it. There you go. As for the stretcher to table, and, and funny because I'm the one that's got Boba Fett on my shelf behind me. Um, twice. <laughs> um, as for the stretcher to table, well, three times, but you can't see. There he is. Yeah, three. One, two, three. Uh, as for the stretcher to table, it only works for the viewer and Sheridan once. It, it won't hold weight next round of interrogation they'll have, they'll have other tricks though so yeah i agree the stretcher turning into a table only works once and then you have to do something different so that's good um let's see uh mondo six says if sheridan had tried to make his case to the interrogator clark would have used that to weave a narrative showing how corrupted by aliens b5 had become that's clark's whole propagandistic case i like that word propagandistic case to earth sheridan knows this and gives nothing to the interrogator hashtag team andy again oh man dude that's two <laughs> yeah that's a good point though by mondo six i think he's right yeah. it's just very difficult to see somebody do that though but but i think you're right in principle uh, let's see. Colonel Dad says maybe Kim Strauss, we talked about how he wasn't the Drazi, uh, was double booked on Deep Space Nine. <laughs> that happened with General, uh, General, what's his name? Uh, right. And and could the original interrogator have been Maximilian Shell, who had to do reshoots for Disney's The Black Hole? Hey, hey all right. Oh. Um, 
let's see. Uh, we got two, two or three more. Let's see. Allison says, uh, here we go again. Are you ready? Al- Allison yeah. says, I am with Team Andy on this episode. Man, that's a thing now. <laughs> I respect and love it as much. Oh, she respects and, and, and enjoys the, the podcast, uh, the piece. Uh, I respect and love it as much as the illusion of truth. We had some words on that one, too, which was a difficult watch. This episode is more of one. This was, this episode was, that episode was more of a difficult watch for me, too, but not for the same reason I think that she's referring to. <laughs> Um, right. They are trying to break down his mind by the endless banality of it all. That's fair. Uh, he could have been there a few days, a week, or a month in windowless rooms. Time has no meaning. From one little gray man to another, it's a normalization of his traumatic experience in that there's nothing tangible to hold on to, and they think that he'll have his will replaced by their will. It's obviously attempted brainwashing, except for Sheridan, there is someone very strong keeping his will intact, namely Delenn. And they kind of do that with the movie as well, the animated movie. That's kind of a similar thing there. And their their relationship, the emotions that those two share, their love that they share, is a running theme in, in a, a yeah. lot of episodes in Babylon 5. So, it yeah, that's, that, that's a very strong theme for, for the whole series. In so, including some of the very best ones, yeah. Uh, so yes. she... Uh, Allison continues, in a way, this interrogation is the opposite of Lorian's interrogation on Zaha Doom. Um, oh, so there were two four-season interrogations. That's interesting. Uh, John chooses to let go and die there. In this one, he will stubbornly not let go and sign the confession. His time would be just as limited if he gives in, as the first interrogator says that they would eventually come for him. He still has his 20 years barring injury, and he chooses to not melt into obscurity but to hold on to his truth. He doesn't take the poison in incremental amounts until it dulls his capacity to feel. He chooses not to take it at all and keep fighting. It's such a masterful episode. I like deeply personal and psychological episodes like this. It's like a drama piece. Let's say one of my favorite episodes of Breaking Bad was Fly when Walter and Jesse were locked in the lab. I remember that. Yeah, that was a good one. I am with Andy on this. The episode's a highlight of all five seasons for me. I give it a 4.5. Well said. Excellent. She she gets it. Yeah. No, well said. Well said. I totally disagree, but I totally totally appreciate what's being expressed. Absolutely. Uh, Colonel Dad asks, does this production remind anyone of Thornton Wilder's Our Town? Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, yeah. Debbie, no spoilers. Norris, sorry, Van. Definitely Team Andy for this one. Oh, my God. <laughs> Andy's just reveling in all this glory. Uh, yes, it is totally out of character for the series, but that is what gave the episode its emotional punch. By the end of the episode, I felt defeated and worn out myself. Yeah, me too. At this point, there appears to be no hope for our hero, but he valiantly carries on. We know he won't cave, but how long can he hold on? It reminds me of the classic next-gen episode, Chain of Command. There are four lights. I was wondering. I've never seen that episode, but Lord knows I've seen of it, you know, clips from it and all. And I know it's very similar. Which one came first? I'm assuming next-gen. The Star Trek episode did. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. The Star Trek episode did. And it it was very similar. It touched on very similar interrogation techniques. And last one comes from the Geek Boy. Hey, guys, we are doing this episode this week, uh, August 11th, so they've just covered this episode as well, on our B5 show. And to answer Andy's question, in my research, I discovered the actor who was originally signed to play William 
It was an actor named Dakin Matthews. I didn't recognize the name, but I looked him up on the interwebs and immediately recognized him. Having seen him in a lot of stuff over the years, I can see him in the part, but it would have been a much different William. Maybe Van would have liked the episode better. Just kidding, Van. I'm kind of with you on this one. Oh, hallelujah. Finally. The last commenter. <laughs> love you, Andy, but hey, I love War Without End, too. Oh, see? <laughs> You got some war with that in shot too. <laughs> He's right. holding a grudge. There you go. So I I looked up the actor and um yeah, I recognized him too. So it's D A K I N Matthews. If you look him up, I thought there was a link in here that that he gave me that but I don't see it now. But anyway, if you do search him, you'll be like, Oh, that guy. He's one of those that guy actors, you know. There's always a that guy. So there you go. Um, so that's all of our patrons for this episode. That's all of our comments. www.b5review.com. Any final thoughts about the movie, Andy? Uh, just that it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed yeah. watching it. Um, I hope we get to see more. It, it'll be interesting if we do see more what direction they go. And it was just cool to, to sit back and watch a new Babylon 5 story again. So whatever we said, whatever critiques we had of it, ultimately it was a really good time. Yeah, I agree, too. I'm very happy we have it. It just kind of came out of nowhere in the middle of a whole other Babylon 5, you know, ramp up that was supposedly happening there. And uh, you remember when it first was announced, we didn't know what it was going to be. All we knew was that all the actors were getting back together for something, but we didn't know what. And if you had told me then that it was going to be this, I would have been even more excited than I was because I figured, you know, Oh, I'd love it to be like an animated movie, but I figured, oh, it's probably going to be, you know, an audio review or something for the Blu-ray or something. But, um, but this was great. I really enjoyed this. I thought it was cool. I thought it was at least as good as the um, as the movies that TNT made, right? I mean, I enjoyed it probably more than all yeah. four of those, honestly, or three of them. I, or how many I agree. <laughs> right, I'm I'm with you 100 percent there. Yeah. I mean, and they weren't bad. I mean, none of them were terrible. There's some that were better than others as we're going to review in a few months right. probably. But yeah, this is right up there with them at least at least as much. Right. So it's going to be interesting. Let's bear in mind what we what our numbers were for this movie and we'll kind of compare when we get to those. See how they rank alongside of it. Be interesting. All right. Agreed. Final that thoughts. Final thoughts. I guess that was your final thoughts, my final thoughts. So I guess it's time to get on out of here for another episode, Andy, and uh, we will reconvene in just a week to see if Smiling Johnny, Sandwich Up Chucking Johnny, can get out of the little gray room. That's <laughs> going to be fun. So we will see you in a few days, Andy. Thanks a bunch. All right, man. Take care. This has been a White Rocket Entertainment production.